Welcome back to the pod, guys. So sorry. It's been a couple of weeks since we've launched a new episode, but we're so, so excited to be back um, to put out some new content for you guys. I was traveling the world, so I was crazy busy with that. Not really in a place to sit on my mic and record an episode for you guys. Work's also been nuts. Um, but like I said, excited to be back and uh, bring on some new content for you guys today. Yeah, I'm with you, McKenna. I've been driving cross country back to San Diego. I'm all settled in, but this just leaves us on a great topic to talk more about how we're really able to take advantage of travel with our work remote jobs. Yes. Speaking of, uh, I was literally in in Paris, what, a couple weeks ago now for a wedding and the fact that I, I could be there and work at least the hours that it was daytime, it wasn't necessarily the same time that my any of my team was on. But yeah. like just just having the ability to do that is super flexible, you know, for my lifestyle and know that I get to go see a really cool place and, and knock out some work at the same time is, you know, I think it it takes away a lot of stress, you know, if I were to work in a corporate environment where I would have to request, you know, time off um, to go specifically to do that. And now I can still kind of like make money Uh, At the same time, I get to see a really cool city abroad. So, um, yeah. Hell yeah. Honestly, what's that time change there? Because mine, the max that I hit this summer was like three hours ahead of everybody else, which was kind of nice because then I got like my mornings to myself for a little while and then I'd hop (laughs) online. But yeah. It's at least still the same day for you. (laughs) I know, right? Is it like eight hours? It's like nine, I think. I felt like I was time traveling. It was super weird. So I flew in on, so I left San Diego on a Friday and I landed, or no, was it, was it a Saturday? Yeah, I think it was a Saturday. I flew out. I landed in Paris on a Sunday morning. So that was really trippy. And and then you get in your, I didn't sleep a literal single second on the flight. So I got in, it was 12 and all I wanted to do to sleep, but that's the hardest part. You want to like keep yourself awake so that you can like start to try and sleep on the normal schedule. But it was so weird being like nine hours ahead and it's a, it's literally Sunday and it's still Saturday for everyone else. That was, that's always the weirdest part, I feel like. <laughs> that's insane. I've never been to Europe, but it is on my list. And I it's hope that with the future of my career. I hope I get to stay remote and get to go places like that. That'll be dope. Yes, you must. Well, if you ever go to Paris, I have a large list of recommendations, but uh, (laughs) you you need to go. My favorite places, I wouldn't say Paris is like my favorite. It grew on me while I was there this last time. I do prefer like South of France that I've been to, which is amazing and I highly recommend, but Italy has probably been like, and actually Croatia has been really cool. Those two, I would say are my top two international like countries that I've gotten to visit. And I feel very like grateful that I've gotten to do that. But um, yeah, if you ever need, if you ever need recommendations, I have lists everywhere. So (laughs) I do, I will, I will definitely hit you up on that. Well, let's get started today. I am really excited for this topic. It's going to be fun just to like dive in and really get vulnerable with everybody about our careers and our current jobs. Yes. All right. So Jess, did you know what career that you wanted out of college when you graduated? Oh, I thought I did. I, okay. So flashback, I kind of talked about this a little bit in like my intro episode that I was a hospitality major and I kind of got into like wedding planning and event management. And that was what I thought I was going to do. 
And then I ended up going back to school for another year to get my master's because I was like, I need to make more money than a wedding planner will. And like they're overworked and underpaid. It's just not my vibe. So I think that my career path after college is kind of what helped me dive into what I'm doing now. I do think that like the hospitality aspect and like connections and relationships like helped me get to where I am now but I I wouldn't say that like I knew what I wanted to do in college I feel like nobody does between the ages of 18 to 21 the fact like we actually have to go to college during that time is just crazy to me yeah I also feel like it's in some sense a weird stigma I think that we all intrinsically form around feeling like we have to know what we want to do. You yep. know, I think it's just like the system of the U S it's like we go in stages, you have to go to school, you have to go to college. And it's not, not that it's frowned upon if you don't figure it out. I think our generation has come a long way and like kind of like reassuring everyone, you know, publicly mm-hmm. that it's like, okay to not know we have yeah. our entire lives to figure it out and you may not figure it out until you're 30 or 40 or 50 years old but like that's the beauty of life and it's different for everyone so I'm really glad that like our generation is coming is making strides in that department but I do feel like it's still always this pressure you know coming out of college that you have to know exactly what you want to do but the whole point of your 20s in my opinion is to you know exhaust that time and figuring out like truly what do you love to do you know I think the point is to find out you know what do you love so much that you don't care if you make money doing it type yeah. of thing, like make work, not work type of thing. And that's kind of how I like, I feel like I've always viewed it. And I don't know about you. But. No, I love that. I think it's so funny too. Cause I, I think when I went to college, like my parents were so excited cause like I was the first in our family. And for my dad, he's, he's, he used to say this when he was like 50, but he'd be like, I'm 50 and I don't know what to do. I would like what I want to do with my life. And I'm like, well, you're going to be doing the same job you've been doing since you were 18. Cause that's how your generation does it like hopefully like someday when he retires he can do something fun but that's a whole nother topic I could literally talk about my dad's funny like career (laughs) things that he would like do generically like I think if he could he would literally plan trips for people to go to Disney World just for shits and gigs like he loves that Uh, it's so funny yeah I don't think I could I don't think I could talk about what my dad um the flexibility he he had as like a head of sales like that would not fly our generation yeah. and I won't talk about it but it is crazy like you know when you have been somewhere so worked somewhere for so long but like what it meant to be a head of sales in like I'll say like a very archaic industry yeah. back then versus now it's just like it's actually crazy I wish I could dive <laughs> deep into it but it's just I mean to it's to it's like most like I would say um uh appropriate form like the fact that you could literally i mean schmooze and booze like take everybody you know buy all their drinks on the company card take them to food and like that be the reason why you closed a deal and not necessarily because you know you had a better product like and that's kind of like nuts to me and maybe that's just not the world i live in but it is like that is crazy that like most of his job was literally to just like wine and dine you know, prospects, right. which is nuts to me. But well, I think still exists today. I think it depends on what oh. industry, but like, I feel like back then you could get away with a lot. Now stuff. it's like golf and beers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's yeah. It's great. It's no longer like clubs. And no, things, but <laughs> but how about you? Did you know what career you wanted when like right out of college? Absolutely not. I was very much that. I feel like I may have spoken to a little bit of it on my intro episode, but I. Obviously, I didn't really have any idea 
going into college, like, I think when I first viewed it, I was like, soccer was the priority. What major is going to allow me to dedicate more time and energy towards soccer? So for me, that meant communicate a communications major. I was like, this is what everybody says to do. It's easy. It's, you know, it allows me to not, you know, drown in work if I'm majoring in finance or accounting or engineering, like any of those or real estate or whatever. I kind of, because soccer was the priority. And then when I quit soccer, I had kind of like already gone too far along in my communication major and I actually really did start to enjoy it. Like I love human behavior. It's really similar to psychology. And like, there was a lot of, you know, um, writing papers in it and research. And like, I think I was, I fought a little bit with it after my, like come my sophomore year of like, I feel like yeah, the business route would be good for me because of what I might want to do in the future, but I didn't really know yet. And I just kind of was like, well, I'm too far along in this curriculum for me to turn back now. Like, I don't think I would have graduated on time. Mm -hmm. So I kind of just stuck with it. And I was like, you know what? Like, I'll kind of find the best out of this. Like, school, school. I know that I'll learn more in the real world. I don't think that this will inhibit me from getting hired in the business world. And I think I just also realized that after talking with you know, girls older than me in my sorority and jobs that they were looking at. And I knew there was going to be opportunities to get internships that presented themselves to hopefully help me, you know, figure out what I wanted to do. And, but by no means was I like, yeah, I know exactly what I want to do. You know, out of the gate, I think I knew under the umbrella of sales, I was interested in, you know, I knew like my dad was a salesman his whole life. My family's super entrepreneurial. Um, but like back then it was kind of like, I hadn't found anything that truly lit me up as much as soccer did. So it was very difficult for me to be like, yeah, I want to go into this career. Um, I just knew I needed work experience, but my ultimate goal, I think even like back then in college, and if you ask any of my friends, they'd literally just say, McKenna wants to be a stay at home mom. Um, like that's my end goal. (laughs) That's my end goal. Um, that hasn't changed, but I have found something I have found a love for business and um, technology even specifically, which has been really fascinating for me, but um, I'm happy that I kind of just was open to really anything. Initially, I think I was trying to force myself into like a corporate mold, just get a job, get a job and like grow in a sales leadership development program. And to be honest, like every interview I went into in that area, I feel like I, I was insecure. I didn't have a ton of experience. And I think I just, that's ultimately how I fell into, well, maybe a startup would be the best route. And I wanted to feel like it was something innovative, new that offered something different to the world instead of just working at another sales wine and spirits company. You know, I wanted to be different. And that's kind of why I felt super drawn to the startup space, you know? I love that. And for you guys who haven't listened to episode one, definitely trek back to that and episode two where McKenna and I both drive into like what we like started out as and like why we chose startups for like our first roles. And like, we'll get into that more here too, but you'll hear more about like why we're both at startups. Um, But yeah, I want to know too more like of why you're at a startup and like how you kind of find your job, which I know we kind of dove into in like our first episode, but I think this like really sets us up for like the bigger, deeper questions that we have today that we want to dive into. Yeah, totally. And I, I, I think piggybacking off of what I was saying, I kind of just saw startup as a blank canvas Mm -hmm. for me. I wanted 
a space that didn't have any expectations surrounding what I could do. Um, that, to be honest, it scared me to have, I, I've, I do well under pressure, but I think when someone has expectations of my abilities going into it, that at that time when I was that young, cause it, it kind of translated sometimes into sports too. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it would shut me down from, or it would make this block that wouldn't allow me to perform in the way that I knew how. Mm-hmm. So what I really liked about the startup opportunity, it was literally, like I said, a blank canvas that I think allowed me to come into completely a hundred percent myself open and just willing to work my ass off. You know, I had nothing, I had nothing to prove, nothing to lose. Um, I think it was quite literally, I think I wanted to prove to myself that I could start from like ground zero and be a part of something, making something really awesome that was building a business. Like I, of course I was going to have a role, but I think it, it seemed really exciting to me to know that I was going to be really hands-on in building a company. And I think that innate desire does stem from kind of my family and my upbringing of entrepreneurs and wanting to do something of your own, have an impact on those around you. I wanted to help them, you know, Sam and and Dylan, who's our um, CEO and co-founders. I kind of like, I loved the idea of like helping other people's dreams come true type Mm -hmm. of thing. Um, That was exciting to me. And to know that I could have a large part in that was probably the biggest reason um, I guess those two reasons that I named are the biggest reasons why I felt so drawn to choosing a startup as my path, despite the risks of, of course, a lower paying salary, no benefits um, out of the gate. You know, I was employee number three or four, like we've now grown to 15 full time. So I know I've just crossed four years actually with the company, but um, yeah, it wasn't easy because I did have, you know, another offer too that. I was going to be more secure out of the gate, but for me, it didn't, I didn't care about yeah. that. For me, I, it was, it's always been a long-term game for me. It's never been a short-term, what can I get out of this, you know, in, in one year and leave? It's been a, who is this going to make me five years from now, yeah. you know? I love that a lot. And I think that's a big thing with, with startups. Is- I was going to say, like, why you? Why a startup for you? Yeah. I think going off of like what you were saying too, like, I love that you're calling it a blank slate. I think that's such a good way to describe it. And I also think like the big thing that people don't realize and about startups is the ability for growth. I think for me, like my number one thing that I saw, because I've worked for two startups now, is at the big companies, you're just a number. And at the small companies, you Mm -hmm. really have that opportunity to be like, someone who shares opinions, someone who get to, uh, gets to celebrate like growth and like all the tiny little celebrations that happen every day. Something as silly as like hitting like a hundred thousand followers on Instagram or 30,000 followers on Instagram or like our TikTok went viral, like a million people saw us. Like, it's just like little things that are so stupid and silly or like, or like we're going to be, um, on Amazon. Like these are things that like you wouldn't really think are like exciting for like big brands because you just like expect big brands to be on these things already but with stuff like that it's like like you said it's someone's dream like for me Osmo um is like a premium cooking and finishing salt company it was started by Nick DiGiovanni back in 2021 um 
I've actually known Nick a lot longer and I won't get too much into that. But um, when I saw that they were hiring, um, I was like, well, this would be really exciting. Like I love to cook and I would love to like help someone with their passion for that and like share it with the world. Um, And something that is really exciting about startups too is like you really do get to be a part of the company because a lot of the times when they can't afford to offer you like a really big salary like a large company could like they'll offer you shares and like give you the opportunity to really feel like a part of the company and that's kind of like why i i thought that it would be like a really good fit for me yeah 100 and i love that you hit on growth i think that's i mean i i know that that's something that you value and i think it translates a lot in my life as well i've never i i know i always know when i feel my least kind of like not least happy, but least like content with life. And it's when I've felt stuck. And I think something that this career has always pushed me to continue to grow. Mm-hmm. And but it but it's two sided, right? You know, like you get so used to always growing and, you know, new things are always occurring that the moment something feels kind of like structured, yeah. you're in that for a while, you're like something wrong, you know, so it is two sided. But that's something that I love about this career is that feel like there's so many tangible moments when I can look back and I'm sure you too, you know, four years of my trajectory and so many things have been documented with videos. Like literally yesterday, Sam, um, Jonathan, who's our head of marketing and then our COO, Nick drove up to Huntington beach for background. Everyone, I just moved, moved uh, back to Huntington beach from San Diego. So I won't mm-hmm. be there for a while, but they came all the way up um, to um, Orange County yesterday and Sam literally out of nowhere was just scrolling through old videos. She pulled up the very first photo of me with her and Dylan at um, this fitness event. It was a Fitbit event in one Paseo in Del Mar and I looked so young but it is crazy to even just have those moments of like when I did my first studio call and now I'm managing 40 of the world's leading CPG brands pretty much the entire process from you know, contract signed to execution. And it's like, I would have never thought I'd be doing these things four years ago. And if I was placed in a corporate environment, I would not be able to say all of the, these things that I've done now by the age of 25. And that to me was worth way more than walking out of college with a $150,000 salary, yeah. you know, in my opinion. That's huge. Um, what would you say is the aspect of working remote that you enjoy the most? Oh, that's such a good question. And I'll say for everyone that's listening too, we'll probably say CPG a hundred fucking times on this podcast. It's consumer product goods. So like (laughs) a great example of that. (laughs) I literally say that as if I assume people literally know what I'm talking about unless they're in this this industry. Um, So thank you for clarifying that. We're going to need like a dictionary, (laughs) but yeah, consumer product goods. So like a good example is like Poppy is consumer product goods. Osmo Salt, consumer product goods. It's like anything you can Olipop. yeah olipop like oh, oh my god you're just naming all my favorite literally anything anything that you could consume i feel like mostly we focus on like at least my company and you're obviously i, I guess would follow your seasonings yeah. could fall under the the umbrella of food i guess but we most of our clientele is like food and mm-hmm. beverage um we typically only i don't even say typically we only really um service clients that are fall under the umbrella of like the better for you healthy mm-hmm. space uh, versus like promoting products that aren't necessarily better for your health. We try to stay away from that, yes. but 
Um, yeah, I guess I should have asked, like, do you work remote? First of all, yes. I think everyone knows that, but <laughs> yes, <we both. laughs> uh, I love it. Yeah. What would you say you enjoy the most about working remote? No, I love this question. I think that working remote has really opened up my eyes to like the flexibility of it. Of course, like most of the days I am working nine to five, but my team is really small. They're super flexible with me. If like, I'm like, Hey, like I have an appointment, like I have to run to that. And then I'll be back online. I'll put in extra work today. Like I'll work till six instead of five. Like I think that that's like the really cool thing, but I also think it depends on the team and it is like a startup vibe where like, a lot of companies out there aren't really offering like the unlimited paid time off or like great benefits or like things like that. But like in the startup culture, it's like, it's not like, it's not always a family first mentality, but it is at my company where it's like, Hey, like I have this to do today. And like, I really need to be offline. Can you handle this meeting? Like I have this today, like, and I'm going to have to like start work late. Is that okay? Like, that's like one of the things yeah. that I've found and like really do enjoy about my company. It's like that we're all human yeah. no matter what, like mm-hmm. work comes not second because it's super important, but like your life is very important and you're yeah. valued and you're a human, you're not a number. So I think that's probably yeah, my favorite totally. part about working from home and also being able to travel. I just got back from like a really long summer road trip and my boss was like, very flexible about me working like different hours and like being away from California for three months and like getting to spend time with my family. And it was, it was really great and doable. And I think that if I didn't have a remote job, obviously I wouldn't be able to do that. But if I also had a company that I worked for that like wasn't such like a family first, like if you get your shit done mentality, then I like wouldn't have been able to enjoy myself as much. But yeah. Yeah. 100%. And I think that's a really good point to bring up that I'd, didn't really clarify in there, but just because you work remote doesn't mean you have, you know, the most flexible environment, you know, it can, there are aspects to it. And I'm sure companies out there that it can be very toxic, you know, it almost could bring a company to be even more hands-on with you because they don't trust what you're doing at home. And I think an environment that fosters a lot of trust between everyone and communication, and you can just know that everyone's going to get their job done, no matter if they do it at 1 p.m. or they do it at 6 p.m. I think that has to just go around in order to create a healthy environment with working remote. You know, sometimes working remote can lead to, you know, unhealthy work practices and people, you know, being able to get away with things. So I just think it's important that like, you know, when you are fully remote, it's kind of like, is leadership setting this standard at the same time giving you a lot of flexibility, right? The unlimited paid time off. Um, and I think like both of our companies, I'm sure have done a great job with these things, but that's something that I would completely agree with you on. It, it, it does matter so much, like what is the vibe of your company and what is, what is the environment that's been set to allow you to actually like thrive in that? You know, it, there are days too that I feel like I haven't left my my room for eight hours. So I, I had a crazy busy day and I'm like, okay, shit, like I gotta go for a walk. I gotta get out of the house, you know, but there are the days that, you know, I'm like, oh, okay, I want to go for a walk at 12. You know, I normally wouldn't be able to just like leave the office and go for a walk. Like that's really nice to just have that flexibility or like you said, traveling and, and being able to work wherever. Um, but I think that's because of the environment that a company sets up. 
within that. You know, I don't think it's just because you work remote. Like it's got to be something that the company, you know, the environment the company creates surrounding that um, and allows, you know, I, I think too, something that my company is really good at doing, which I appreciate so much. And a big reason I've stayed, you know, everybody is kind of like, family first, yourself, your mental health first too. Like the amount of times like I've, you know, they they will step in my way if, if they know that I'm approaching burnout and my mental health is in the shitter. They're like, you're not working today. Mm-hmm. You know, like you two days off. Like I couldn't, no, comp- no corporate company is going to tell me to not work Thursday and Friday. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because they care. It's not that they don't, maybe don't care about my mental health, but like they're maybe managing a company of 500 people. They don't have that tangibility with me you know and that's something that I appreciate so much that they they know that I me and my best interests come first before the company and I need to make if I can't do that for myself they know that they need to step in and help me do that which I have like greatly appreciated um so yeah just to further explain why you know working remote for a good startup is why we both why we both love it so much hell yes okay I love that and I also like don't want to get too ahead of ourselves here but I feel like some of the things you just mentioned can also be super toxic in the startup and work from home space like you were saying like getting stuck in your room for eight hours I have been there also and I feel like being in a startup culture you can get like really sucked into like feeling almost like personalizing work which can be bad Mm -hmm. because also like at the end of the day, like it's not our company. Something that I always had to remind myself, like when I worked at Lululemon and when I worked at Organifi was like, I'm just selling black stretchy pants or I'm just selling green juice. Like it is not the end of the fucking world. It is. So So I just like, it's such a thing to like remind everyone that like we have lives outside of work. And at the end of the day, like if you didn't have your job, you'd still have your life and you can always find something Mm -hmm. else. I know that sucks to hear sometimes, but it's like you just like can never put work on top of like your personal life and let it like completely drain you. Like if you're working from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. and you hate your job, you need to figure that out. Um, but I I do want to reiterate too, like and ask you, McKenna, like like describe like the vibe of a startup, and then like uh, I feel like do you enjoy having like the all like all hands on deck mentality or like do you feel like you have a different vibe about it like go in yeah I mean I guess what do you mean by all hands on deck mentality okay so like I think in like the startup world everyone wears many hats and like even though you have one job like you will do more than one job yes 100% I think there are a lot of pros and some cons to it. Um, I, and I, I think it's different for everyone. The reason why for me, it's been mostly a positive thing is because I have always been kind of like a jack of mm-hmm. all trades. I can get bored pretty quickly in a, in a set role. Yeah. I love being able to do a million different things. Like I want to know a company inside and out. I want to know a product inside and out so that I know that that makes me more successful in any aspect or role that I'm doing Mm -hmm. there. And that's kind of the route that I just took. But it also, like I said, it can have cons. It makes me hyper conscious of a lot of things that sometimes I don't need to worry or stress about. Like you said, you can get so sucked in. And there are have been a lot of times where kind of like the outside world it starts to almost become like 
everything that happens here is the only thing that matters, mm-hmm. you know, and that can be really unhealthy. And I've, ha- I've hit some unhealthy points over the last, you know, I wouldn't necessarily say in the beginning, but where I've, after about two years, I was really forced to start finding balance for yeah. myself. Like I needed to step away. I was like, I was not able to shut myself off after, you know, 5 p.m. Yeah. I would say my first two years because I was so, it, it was amazing that I got to wear so many hats and I thrived in being handed things that needed to be done and I could execute really, really well. Um, but when someone is managing, you know, <laughs> when you don't have a big sales team, you don't really have a big accounts team. I was managing at one point for one side of the business, um, set, pro- all prospecting, sales, contracts, onboarding, implementation, account success, mm-hmm. customer success, um, and product development. And at some point, someone can only handle so much. Yeah. <laughs> and for me, it was really hard to shut it off. And that's sometimes you have to kind of take a step back and say, like, tell yourself, this isn't normal. This yeah. isn't a normal role people outside of this environment have, you know, and I had to start giving myself some grace and know too, like, this isn't going to go away tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Like I can shut my computer and I'll revisit it tomorrow. I really had to start implementing some healthier practices to step away because I was, I was, you know, I was running myself into the ground. And um, so yeah, after about two years, that's kind of what I had to start doing. But yeah, that is the con side of it. And I think it's, it's, it's now, it's not perfect now, obviously I'm constantly having to evolve because my roles changed. I've grown. I still manage a lot, obviously. And I think um, a lot of startups too try to stay lean, right? Mm-hmm. You know, they don't want a lot of overhead and they want to work with who they have and they like the ability of being able to keep it small you can work quicker, more efficient, you know, but that does also mean you have to be a lot better about instilling, you know, good operational processes around the company so that it doesn't continue to lead to five people on your team hitting burnout. You know, I think that's always startups have to be cognizant of, um, especially being involved in leadership is not like making sure people, you kind of like, if people can't put a stop gap for themselves, because they'll work, work themselves in the ground. Like at some point you have to do it for them. Um, but I will say that's been probably the biggest con for me has been getting close to burnout and having to kind of like check myself or other people check me because I can't, there's been points, a lot of points in the last four years where I can get so lost in it because it's so, you know, I love the problem solving, you know, side of things, find a solution, implement it, test things, see what works and also manage all these other things. But at some point, you know, your head's down for three months, then you come up for air and you're like, like, where the fuck mm-hmm. am I? Like, what are we doing? We need to like, and you've been operating on an island and you're like, what's everyone else doing? You got to come back together. Like, it's just sometimes like the best way I would describe it. I feel like I'm going off on no, a tangent here, it. but I, it's like going a hundred miles an hour, a train going a hundred miles an hour on a train track at the same time you're trying to build it. And when it veers off, get it back on the track as quickly as possible. Like you're never not like that, that's how I would describe it. Yeah. It doesn't stop. No, it's so true. I think for me too, like my, my company that I work at is a little bit different because we're two years old and I'm pretty much their only full-time employee except for someone that helps out with like customer support. Um, and then we have one part-time person and everybody else is like an external agency. So for me, like I do love the 
all hands on like deck mentality. However, like a lot of the times, like I'm doing things that like aren't my actual job, but it is also like one of my favorite things about it because I'm learning so much. Like over the past year, like I've been, or sorry, I've been there for longer than a year now. Holy shit. Um, over the past year and a half, I've been everything from my actual job, which is like social media and influencer marketing manager to like a hand model for our videos. Like I, I have done so many different things and it's so fun. And I get to like collaborate with like a ton of external businesses and teams between like our ads agency, our email agency, our videographers, photographers, everyone. And it's so fun. And I'm making so many connections and networking, which is like one of my favorite things to do. Um, but it can be very tiresome and McKenna, you hit the nail on the head with it that like you need to make time for yourself. And I think one of the main things that people do in these situations, if they're really not cut out to work in a startup environment is leave. And they think that the grass is greener on the other side. And a lot of the times it's really not like you have so much flexibility at startups. And like, if you don't have these discussions with your managers about uh, time management, compensation, benefits, time off, like all the above, like you're not going to be able to have them elsewhere. Like you're not just going to get things without asking for them. And like the small environment, tight knit relationship is where you're going to get most of those things because they love and appreciate having you there. And also like, like I've been saying over and over, like the big companies, you're just a number, like you have to like prove yourself and at a startup, not saying you're like family vibes. However, they would rather work with you if you're doing an amazing job and give you what you want to make you stay rather than find someone else. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And I have a great example of literally what recently happened because I had, I probably had, this has just been like a crazy yeah. month for our team. So for background, everyone, the company I work for is a, a um, technology company and we build, um, they're, they're like digital coupons, basically, mm-hmm. but we work with a lot of um, brands that they can utilize these across their marketing. CPG. And <laughs> yes, I am. I basically handle a lot of the direct relationships with these brands um, once they sign up. And a lot of it is also involved with our product. So I'm kind of like a product person at the same time. I'm like an operating as an account executive, mm-hmm. so to speak. And this entire month, we've Basically, our, you know, technology has been going live um, and we've had a lot of new brands come on and we've had like a lot of offers um, to get out there. And it's it's just been like heads down for a straight month and our tech team as well. And so it's you kind of you fall into this mode of this is the only thing that matters for the next month. And then like you're kind of your mental health goes to the side. Mm -hmm. So kind of that happened to me this month and like. I've I had probably three mental breakdowns in it August happens. alone. It happens, and like that's those things are okay. But it's it's important that you know you reflect on those things and be okay. Like, how do we change this because this isn't healthy? And like it does seem to continue happening. Um, but something I wanted to highlight it, it, that wasn't really the point of the story, um, but why I enjoy the startup life here and how everybody feels like a family. My CEO knew that I've been struggling. She's our our co-founder as well. She, um, when we've had one-on-one meetings and I, you know, you don't share everything, you conceal some things, but she knows that I was hiding stuff and she knows that I've been kind of, I was kind of like a mess and I had talked to some other people on the team. Like, I don't know, like I just, I'm, my brain's everywhere. Mm -hmm. I cried last night 
she literally sent a journal she just like went out of her way ordered me a journal sent it to my house and was like i want you to write down all of your thoughts when you have a session event so you don't explode and i want you to give me the letter so i can figure out how i can help you and uh, like stop these from happening more often yeah like it was, i would never find that at a corporate no. company that's like you know what I mean? and like that's just like a prime example of why it's still four years, you know, yeah, I maybe could have grown obviously just as much here, but if I didn't feel something that I value a lot in a career and, and working for a company, especially if I'm working for someone else and not myself is like knowing that they value me and care about me as a human being first. Oh, yeah. And I cannot thrive in it if I don't have that. And I just know that about myself, you know, I won't do as well. So, you know, I, if I didn't have that, I don't know that I would have, I would be here anywhere that long, you know yeah. what I mean? I think more people need to hear that and like reiterate that for themselves. Like we deserve so much in our careers because we spend 40 hours a week doing them. Like, and that doesn't even mean that like you're passionate about it. Like if you're not passionate about it, like that should be like a life change for you to like really push for that. And that's like probably why we both love startups so much is like, it is a dream. It may not be our dream, but we're connected to it in some way, shape or form. Yeah. Either way, it's, you know, my biggest thing I think is feeling really close to um, the impact that I can make on people, whether that's me helping my team, mm -hmm. right? Like helping them be better at their job or helping the company be better at servicing this product um, or in the future, something of my own that I am directly impacting people and I have even more of a relationship with, you know, the company and helping people because it's something I built, you oh, know, yeah. I think you can always find a way to see it as a, I'm helping some, someone, something be better. And I made an impact, you know, I just, that's kind of really all I care about, you know, I love that so much. Well, that wraps up all our questions for each other today. And we hope that you guys enjoyed hearing a little bit more about startup lifestyle, what we go through with our day to day. And we hope this inspires you to like really check with yourself and make sure that you're feeling really passionate about your career. It's so important. And if you guys ever have any questions, feel free to shoot us a DM, text us if you know us, um, definitely listen to episodes one and two to learn more about us as individuals. And you can always find us on Instagram at cheers, the number two, that pod. We'll talk to you guys soon. Cheers. Cheers guys.